gonna ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good at social dynamics and relationships. That's like a shot of a dick. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken right from the YouTube live sesh. I opened it up to questions on dating, relationships, social dynamics, anything in the world of human interaction. So you guys can join those live sessions over on YouTube basically every Friday, 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, for the time being anyway. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip of social dynamics every Friday, you can sign up to the free weekly email newsletter, The Bowl Sip. Every week, I send out a free article on Fridays. That's actually taking me quite a bit of time to write nowadays. They used to be pretty quick, but now I go real deep into them. I also use it as a way to update the resources of wisdom, which you guys can find at boldojo.com. So any quotes I found that week, uh, any music, updates to the Panda Emperor Sexy Time playlist or the We Take 9000 playlist, you know, all those things, anime, documentaries, movies, anything that's going to the resources of wisdom, you can stay up to date with that through the bowl sip so all you have to do to sign up to it is just head to boldojo.com slide your email in and then check your inbox for the confirmation email and also for all emails going forward if you don't think you've received it on friday just check your promotions folder in gmail or your spam folder in outlook etc because basically any email that has links in it gets automatically thrown into the uh, promotions thing so if you don't think you got it, just check those folders, okay? Now, if you guys are looking to dive into a little bit of deeper educational content, you can head over to boldoja.com and number one, pick up the brand new guided meditation, Eternal Energy. It's a deep dive into who you are and a guiding hand into evolving beyond. Featuring five tracks. Number one, cultivating your scented energy. Number two, revealing your darkness. Number three, creating your light. Number four, unlocking your sexual flow. And finally, wrapping things up with the fifth track, One Energy returning you back to the hole. It took me a solid two months to produce that bad boy and it's an absolute journey. So if you would like to dive into something a lot deeper, go ahead and pick that up at boldoja.com. Along with that, if you are looking to get your day game sorted, your social dynamics sorted, if you've been walking down the street and you're seeing a beautiful woman, you just don't know what the hell to do with yourself, well then I've got you covered there as well. Adam's Crash Course Kick-Ass Day Game eBook is also available at boldoja.com. Quick action guide. Most importantly, it is not a sit in your chair at home and read and then go hmm that sounds theoretically reasonable you need to actually get out there and apply that's what it's intended to be used when i created it it was meant to be something you go out with come home with reference with in terms of real world action it just doesn't really make sense until you're actually going out there and meeting people so that's what it's intended for you want to use it as your uh, teacher as your guide as your kind of pseudo adam along your journey. Along with that, I highly recommend pairing up a 30-day challenge with it. Anyone who buys the ebook, you just need to check your emails within 24 to 48 hours afterwards. I personally email basically everyone with a little tips for the ebook. And in that email, I recommend you get on a 30-day challenge and pair that with the ebook. Uh, it's just it harkens back to how I got my journey and how I corrected my life at the beginning, corrected my social freedom, freedom of choice in my dating life came through the 30-day challenge it's powerful so that's what i highly recommend and if you guys want more uh information on the 30-day challenge i often drop links in that email as well and then finally for those that are really looking to dive deeper create action plans bust through their limiting beliefs i do offer one-on-one skype coaching 
the bowl inside is probably the best way to go, which is for my deeper level clients who sign up to packages. Packages are completely customizable to you based on frequency, based on volume. But basically what bowl inside members get over once off Skype sessions is number one, priority messaging. They get access to my private WhatsApp number and within 24 hours, I will respond to them outside of Australian weekends based on anything. They need feedback on a situation they're dealing with this girl, this guy, family members, business relationships, etc. Want to check that text conversation, want to send me that audio, I'm going to be there for them. The second benefit Bowl Insiders get is priority bookings, which basically means you get fast-tracked that if you want to get in a session today and maybe someone was 50-50 about it, well, you get that session. You get your session times prioritized above everyone else. And especially for my clients uh, around the world with arranging time zones, it proves to be quite beneficial. So if you are interested in diving into the Bowl Inside packages, then you can just hit me up at bowldojo.com. In the product section, you find all the links there and actually the links to everything I've just spoken about, guided meditation, ebook, all at bowldojo.com. Just hit the product section and I'll see you soon. Now, if you guys would like to support this channel directly, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link. You can do this two ways. Number one, on bowldojo.com, in the Boulderjo podcast section, there's actually a donate straight through the website uh, link right in that section there. So you guys can get that. Or you can also just go straight to PayPal, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui, and you can donate anything that you wish. And I just want to say that whether you donate through the Super Chat on YouTube or you do it directly through the website or PayPal, anything that you donate is so greatly appreciated. It just helps keeping this show going. It lets me know that you guys truly value it. So thank you so much for all that have donated in the past and for all that will in the future. Anthony Kanchesta. And with all that being said, let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yosha! Moshere! Moshere! To social Q&A live episode... Gojusamban! Episode 53. How do you love women who have been sexually abused? We've got a very deep topic today. You know, we always dive deep, but this one particularly is going to be very raw. It's going to be very, uh, very explicit in that nature. We've never discussed this. I'll say this right off the bat. We have never discussed uh, sexual abuse in, its, in an entire podcast, let alone uh, in a live stream like we're going to do today. So this is coming off the bat of last week's podcast in which one of the live viewers, uh, T, dropped a comment mentioning some Tinder rape story. Uh, that it was, it was in the news, and I, even though the, the actual comment that he posted was very ill-timed, uh, when I went back and reflected it, uh, I'm not sure why that brought it up in his mind. We were talking about something completely different, really. But but I went and looked at it anyway, and it was a really brutal story of a uh, guy who had raped three different women on Tinder. And so I went into the store and I realized this is something that, if we have not addressed yet, we definitely need to now. And I think it's going to be good instruction for... Absolute beginners, absolute beginners of social dynamics. Let's for now for a sec. Absolute beginners of social dynamics, not because I feel that any of you are of the psychological disposition of being the type of people that would go into a really brutal form of rape. I don't think my followers are anything like that at all. Uh, I certainly have never been involved in anything like that. I don't have any friends that have been involved in anything like that. However, I think what's more important for the listeners of this podcast, is how to love a woman who's been sexually abused. Right? Because it's not necessarily something that you get prepared for in high school. It's not something that you've sat down with your father or your brother and they go, well, listen to me, 
this is what you're going to do. This is the type of things, the mentalities, the actions, the pacing. We're going to talk about the psychological effects of women that have been sexually abused and how that's going to manifest in your relationship with a woman. Uh, in the short term, in the long term, I've got a story of a man I was interacting with. Uh, I'm not going to mention any details. Very, very uh, explicit story. Who He's much further down the line than me. He's a good probably 20 years older than me. And he's just gotten together with a new woman who has experienced a lot of trauma, a lot of sexual and physical trauma and psychological uh, from a previous relationship and how that's manifesting now in uh, their relationship. So we'll talk about the long play, the long play effects of when a woman uh, has this broken bird mentality. That's the next thing we're going to talk about here as well. That's, you guys probably can't hear that. But <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that truck. Uh, the broken bird mentality is uh, one way I like to look at women that manifest their issues that came as a result of the trauma that they received from a sexual abuse incident. And a lot of women definitely perceive themselves to be broken birds and it can manifest. And that's going to speak to how you're going to progress her, progress together in your sexual journey, in your journey, spiritual journey, in your social journey together of developing and helping her to regain her confidence in being able to fly again. You know, in the feminine energy, the feminine energy has to place the trust. You know, that's the role between uh, us masculine and, and the feminine, which that the masculine is required to lead, to provide the frame, and the feminine is required to trust in that and to follow through on that, provide the raw feedback, of course, if that is not any good. But when a woman goes through a sexual abuse incident, she gets this broken bird mentality in which that, I don't know if I can ever fly again with the masculine energy. This happens to so many different women. I want to pause that for a second. I'm just setting up the contents right now. I'm setting what we're going to get into. There is, of course, the ice turtle shell and the lusting firebird nature. Some of you are going to be really confused as to, well, how do I know? Because a woman doesn't necessarily come out on the first date. I wouldn't recommend it either. Uh, not only just because you're probably going to turn off a lot of guys. Uh, not because you know a lot of guys aren't ready to handle a woman who's had sexual abuse before, but because if you're bringing it up framework, framework, as I've mentioned before in a lot of other podcasts, if you're putting framework ahead of connection, that turns a man off and turns a human being off in general. We can talk about that a little bit more later, but the ice turtle shell and lusting firebird are the two different natures that manifest as a result of sexual abuse. Something that I talked about quite deeply in the uh, Girls of Daddy Issues series. And But the, the polar opposites are still here, but they manifest in different ways. So we're going to dive into that. I want to get into this Tinder rape story because I feel like that's going to bring a, a face. It's going to bring an image. It's going to make this podcast very real. And then we'll kind of unpack the social dynamics of it all. And because uh, I've had to expand a lot of my own personal stories as well of dealing with women that uh, have been sexually abused prior to coming in with me. So I hope you guys are great. I'm going to address you guys in the live chat right now if you're new to Social Q&A Live. Basically, this is a time where I've got a preloaded question or context, and then we dive into that first, and then later on in the podcast, we have time for open Q&A, in which that you can drop any questions completely unrelated to this topic, but on the world of human interaction, anything, dating, social dynamics, relationships, you can put it there in the chat box, and of course, you can use the super chat, yell super chat to uh, get your question bumped to the top, which is a donation that helps out the channel. And so let me just say hi to some of you guys in the chat right here. And also, if you are in the live chat, it would be most appreciated if you could hit the thumbs up on this video down below. Help support the channel, help get the video sent out to the rest of the community. Much appreciated. 
So, who we got up in here? And of course, I've got to zoom this shit in. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, I can actually, no, because of this new sit to I can just move this in closer. Hopefully that doesn't fuck with your, oh, it does fuck with your view a little bit. There we go. That should be all right. Okay. And also guys, uh, hopefully the video and audio is good. Uh, if the volume's too low, let me know. But we're, we're, because I've got this whole new setup right now, uh, we're, we're working it out. Like for example, last week, the frame rate was set wrong on the camera. I was trying a different frame rate. And so there was a bit of this weird lag with the autofocus. So I apologize for the last week's video version. Towards the latter end, it wasn't too much of an issue at the beginning. Hopefully it's better now. Hopefully it's all synced up. But if there are any issues, just let me know in the chat. So first up, first person up in this chat is Nice Smack saying, sup? Good to have you, Mr. Smack. Haven't seen you in a while. Uh, we've also got Mr. We've got Mr. Ludicolo up in here, aka Ado Skibo, aka Ski, saying, "How's it going, mate? Yep, yeah, yeah, mate, yeah, it's going well, my friends. Sun is out, and uh, Melbourne restrictions are starting to ease, which is good to see. Good to see. Not fast enough yet, but good to see some of the business owners in Melbourne are rejecting and just opening up anyway. That's really good to see." Uh, then we got T underscore, I think that's initial T up in here, aka Takumi coming up in here saying, yeah, man, yep. Sal up in here saying, yeah, bray, <laughs> wait, hey, bray, yep. Haven't seen that one before, Sal. Good to have you here, but hey, bray, yep. It doesn't flow as well as the yeah, man, yeah. Uh, T coming in saying, thanks for doing this topic, Adam. No worries, T. Uh, I'm not sure if you're here from the beginning, T, but yeah, it is spurring, spurring off a comment you made last week, which, as I said, was not quite relevant to the topic at the time, but realized that Definitely speaks to a bigger issue that we will go deep on today. So we've got Mr. Ben High up in here as well, who's also part of the World Bowl. So is T, so is Ski. Uh, saying good evening slash morning, you guys. Good to have you here, Ben. We've also got Kevin DeLeon. I do not believe I have seen you uh, in this chat before, Mr. DeLeon, Mr. Kev. But he says good sound on from New York City. Good to have you here, Kev. I know a lot of Kevs in New York City. And from I'm just trying to look at your profile picture. You don't look like the Kev that I know from New York City, so you might be someone new. So good to have you here, though. So let's do this. I'm going to read read out this Tinder rape story to begin with. I think that brings things... It makes things real. Because, of course, I've got my own real stories. I've got a 40-year-old guy who's in a new relationship with a woman who has kids from a previous marriage. She was uh, physically, sexually abused in before. So there's a lot of stuff to dive into today, and it's going to get real. So... So this article was on abc.net.au titled Tim, Tinder Rapist Glenn Hartland Sentenced to Over 14 Years in Prison, uh, posted on the 10th of May, 2019. However, there was actually, actually there was the initial or the article that I initially seen was actually posted only six, posted six days ago. And I think that was the one that T had seen saying the parents of the name of this article was parents of women sexually assaulted by Tinder rapist. Glenn Hartland say apps should stop serial offenders. So this article was more about her, the parents of this woman uh, who is raped by this guy through Tinder trying to get Tinder to have mandatory checks or prevent serial offenders from getting on Tinder. I'm not going to read out this entire art, this article because it's not the actual incident article, but I will just follow it up because I read through the entire thing myself in which that Tinder got back to them saying, Essentially, it's a no-go because like in terms of having preventing rapists or serial offenders, known rapists, from using Tinder because they would have to instigate some form of ID check, like a legitimate passport, 
driver's license, which they just don't think they are going to be able to do, at least at this stage anyway. So let me get to the actual article, the actual incident. So this is, this is the one that I initially read the title for. Tinder rapist Glenn Harlan sentenced over 14 years in prison by Karen Percy in May of 2019, so actually last year. Here we go. A Melbourne man who pleaded guilty to raping and sexually assaulting women he met through the dating app Tinder has been sentenced in the Melbourne County Court to 14 years and nine months in jail. In October, Glenn Hartland, 44 years of age, pleaded guilty to three counts of rape and one charge of sexual assault. He met the women via Tinder between January 2014 and June 2016. It's really interesting because that's when uh, I had just begun professional coaching, like just putting those years into context. Uh, so between four to six years ago, and he had brief relationships with these women. I'm just, there's obviously this article is quite long. I just want to get to the the main points. So court county court judge Paul Hyman said the online world provides a fertile landscape where predators can roam. Once your victims fell into your orbit, they were made hostage and held hostage to your dysfunctional personality, he said. That's what the judge said. The court heard in each instance the sexual violence occurred when the women had tried to break up with him. That's a key point right there. I had not, uh, that did not, when reading through it, that did not peak my mind as much as it did just now. Because in terms of, I guess now, because I'm in the session with you guys, this is going to provide a lot more lessons for those who are learning social dynamics. And that's a key point right there, that a lot of the sexual violence occurred when the women tried to break up with him. So maybe they had been somewhat wholesome to begin with. That's interesting. We'll unpack that later. Judge Hyman said Hartland, okay, the rapist, showed no remorse or insight into his actions and imposed a non-parole period of 11 years. Some members of the public clapped after the sentence was handed down, but they were rebuked by Judge Hyman. No, this is not a public spectacle, in quotes. We do not do public hangings. It is not a circus, in quotes, he said. Judge Hyman said the impact of Hartland's offending had been lasting and deeply traumatic. It has reduced strong and confident. So I'm going it again. It has reduced strong, confident, and empowered women to fearful and uncertain shells of their former selves. He said. Let's take a pause there. That res- that refers to my interpretation of the broken bird, the broken bird mentality. Resuming him, three of the women were raped in their homes after breaking up with Hartland. On two of the occasions, the court heard. Hartland's fiance had been waiting in her car for him. So one of them was his fiance. Hmm. Interesting. So I haven't actually read this article. This is the first time I'm reading this article. I had only seen the initial one. And that's why I, I tend to, I don't like to do research before these podcasts. I like you guys to just be in it with me, fresh in it. Um, so that's interesting. Minimal prep. So, anyways, continue on. He says, on two of the occasions. I don't know. That's why we already read that bit. Rape has nothing to do with desire, in quotes. It has nothing to do with sexual attraction, Judge Hyman told Hartland. It is a crime of invasive violence. It uses the physical expressions of intimacy to exert power, control, and dominance. The court heard New Zealand-born Hartland had been abandoned by his mother as a child and had been a ward of the state. A, uh... What's, what's, what's the... Oh, man, um, What's the word? Why can't it? Uh, the ward of the state. The uh, being a ward of a state. The ward of the state is a legal term. What? Are, 
Uh, what's the name? The name that we use for ch- orphan. There you go. An orphan. There you go. Ward of the state, though. Haven't heard that one before. In the US, they call it something else. Uh, I'm not sure what they call it in the US, but in Australia, apparently, or New Zealand, ward of the state. He also pleaded guilty, but that's a point in the story we're going to get back to, that he was abandoned by his mother as a child. It's very interesting. He also pleaded guilty to one charge of using a computer or phone to menace, harass, or offend Another charge of distributing an intimate image and two charges of contravening a family violence intervention order. Supporters of the victims wore red hearts as part of the campaign against domestic violence. No, we will stand beside you, in quotes. One of the victims said in a statement that people should believe women who have experienced, in quotes, gendered crime, end quotes, and to support them to get the justice they deserve. She said they acknowledged it was difficult for women to stand up for their abusers. We want all women to know how healing it is to be able to tell their story and to have their voice heard. Never be ashamed of what happened to you, nor allow it to define you. For those that come after us, we support you and hope that our determination inspires you to find the courage within you to take a stand and bring your perpetrator to account for the violence they inflicted upon you. To the women who have been abused by this man, we encourage you to come forward. And there's actually a, a picture, like an artist-drawn picture of him. He actually, he does look like quite menacing. Uh, so this is the point. Now, I'm not going to, this this article actually goes, oh, no, no, it's, this is the end of the article. But there's something really important that, that this article needs to wrap, wrap up on. Uh, hopefully it does. If not, I'll go back to the previous one because it's actually what happened in post to one of the women. That's of real, real uh, importance for us to know about when it comes to sexual abuse and rape. So, no, no, it does get, this is the very next bit. So the article then goes on to write, she added that one of the victims has since died. It would be a travesty to lose another woman to this man's violence, she said. Don't let men's violence be your story. Know that we'll stand beside you. So are they going to, no, so in this article, they don't even get to the actual, okay, so I'm going to go back to the, what happened in post. That was in 2016. That was when the sentencing happened. However, what However, this is really important. Paula, one of the women that was raped by Glenn Hartland in 2000, that she had met him in 2014, after dating him for three months, she broke it off. It was then he came to her apartment and raped her. Three months before his sentencing, Paula took her own life. That's the bit I really wanted to get to. And that's why her parents are trying to get Tinder to change their policies. Because after however however long it took him to get sentenced, I'm not sure how long that took, three months or so. I'm not sure. Maybe not. I'm getting that wrong. But she took her own life after being raped, which is uh which is brutal. Absolutely brutal. And the her parents described her as Paula being damaged psychologically after the rape. The effect of the betrayal and sexual assault by someone who turned out to be a predator damaged her psychologically and emotionally and her mental health deteriorated as a result. We don't think she was ever the same after what happened to her. She had mental health issues that led from that and we could see the changes. Glenn Harlan had set up multiple Tinder profiles in an attempt to lure women. Okay, so the rest of the article is basically then just going on to do with the issues with Tinder and trying to get Tinder to set up mandatory ID verification to block uh, known serial sexual offenders. So... We're going to leave it there. We're going to leave it there. We're not going to dive too much deeper into it. I think that's deep enough. And just, and just summarize here for a second. What, just, what do we just understand? 
What's happened here? So you had a man who had been abandoned by his mother at a young state. We maybe at some point, if you guys want me to dive into it, can dive into uh, mummy issues, mummy complex, that type of stuff. Uh, definitely ties in with uh, daddy issues for sure. And what happens when the destabilization of an either key pivotal masculine or feminine energy in your formative years and how that plays out for sure. And so there's actually an empathy point for him in which that, because it's very easy. Oh, I don't want to get too deep into this right now, but it is very easy to just point the gun and to want to hang this guy straight up for his uh, heinous crimes. But as the uh, Dalai Lama teaches us, something I learned big from him is that we must maintain our compassion. Never lose your compassion uh, in any event. And so there's something to be put to the side there. I'll put that to the side. However, it's just interesting to note that he did have that backstory because no one, no baby comes out of the womb ready to rape. It's, there's no baby prepackaged, pre-programmed with a insatiable, heinous need to cause psychological damage to another human being. Uh, as babies come out, they are they clean slate, clean slate, and full of light. So we'll put that to the side now. If you want to know a little bit more about that, just drop it in the chat. But putting that to the side, he gets through his life and uses the online dating apps to lure women in. Now, this is an issue I have with the actual article itself in terms of specifics. I don't want to get too in the weeds of it. I'd have to study the actual court case a little bit more deeply. But it does bring an issue as to how the article is being written off the bat in which that they say he lured women in using Tinder uh, profiles. My issue here, just in terms of a logical point, is the rapes occurred after the breakups and at least in Paula's situation, three months after the breakup. So how they know what maybe he gave a confession, I don't know. Like he definitely admitted to the rapes, but whether he admitted to using the actual online profiles and that was his initial intent to use the profiles to be able to rape women, I don't know. I don't know. There are question marks there because he actually as it very explicitly states in the articles, the rapes didn't occur until the women attempted to break up with him. So whether there was intent from the beginning to be uh, malicious, malicious intent from the beginning, I don't know. Uh, that's just a point that maybe uh, if you guys wanted to dive a little bit deeper into it. But I'm fi- I'm sifting through this as you guys are as well, and I like to be comprehensive. So moving past that point though, to the main point that he ended up causing tremendous, tremendous psychological damage to three women. Uh, in the form of rape to the point where one of them had to take her own life. And this is now when we're going to segue into some real instruction uh, for those that are new to social Q&A. I like to run a little bit of class format. I like to chuck you guys some questions and to keep you guys engaged and learning. And I find that it makes it uh, way more fulfilling for all of us. So, so, and there's also the story of the guy that I met just a couple of days ago of a woman that's much further down the line and what her abuse has manifesting as now. So I guess what we'll do is we'll begin now with we'll begin now with by now that you have a face to it, you have a face to what what rape does to people, what it looks like, and especially for guys that are in this live stream right now that are from Australia, from Melbourne. This guy was from Melbourne. A lot of my clients are from Melbourne. I've done so many boot camps in Melbourne. And I know a lot of you guys in the chat are from Melbourne as well. So 
it's really interesting. Like this just puts a real face to it that you could meet these women. That's why I want to bring up this story that I don't know how many rapes happen every year in Melbourne. It's not a statistic I have in my mind, but, but, uh, or sexual abuse accounts at least anyway. But, but if you're going out regularly in a metropolitan city, sexual abuse is a very prevalent thing on, from a very micro to a macro level. It's from a very psychological because rape is not necessarily so aggressive all the time. Rape can happen very subtly. Uh, there was a bowl sip that I wrote addressing an article that one of you guys, I think it was a D, had sent me about a woman who accused a man of rape, even though she never told him, she never objected to the sex. And I did an entire bowl sip article on it. I can't remember the name of the article, but it was a bowl sip. It was a bowl sip one. And so, but that was a very subtle form of rape, which was actually kind of questionable that even it, it getting called rape. And I'm sure there's some of you right now, especially if you're a male listening to it, that think about Adam, are you going to address uh, the the rape culture in terms of tr- women that are too trigger happy on calling everything rape? And, you know, and or if they just had a drunken sexual experience, we're going to address that. If you guys want to know in the chat, if you want me to address that, I can definitely address that. It's not what I want to begin with though. All I want to begin with here was that you will very well go out. You're in the journey of social dynamics. You're meeting anywhere between, if you're doing it right and you're in the beginning of your journey, you're going out five to seven days of the week past a 30-day challenge. So you've already done your 30-day challenge, but then after that, you're going out five to seven days a week, a mixture of meeting people in the day, meeting people at night. You know, in a good metropolitan city like New York City or in Melbourne or in London, you know, if you're meeting somewhere between, oh, let's say, 10, 10 different women a day, right, or in a night, five, six, seven times a week, you might meet 50, anywhere between 50 to 70 people in a week, 50 to 70 women a week when you're learning social skills, when you're learning social dynamics. And if you don't think you're going to come across a situation in which that you're going to get into a deeply sexually intimate experience with a woman who has been abused before, then it's uh, you're going to get a rude awakening. And the rude awakening is something you're not prepared for, which is what I wanted to do in this session. In the session, I wasn't prepared for it. I never had my brother or my father or my mother sit down with me and say, listen, Adam, this is what you got to do in the event of a woman telling you she has uh, been through some trauma, been through some sexual abuse before. So I feel like I'm just going to offer my experiences here and help you guys work through it. We're going to chuck some questions in and suggest some of you guys in the chat before we do that. So, Amar is up in here saying, yo, good to have you here, Amar. Kevin comes in saying, I can gladly say that I am a consumer of content slash supporter for years. Have watched your content and have appreciated the energy you've invested over the course of the years. Thanks for the content. Much appreciated, Kevin. Thank you for being here. It's great to have you make a live chat if you've been here for so long. So, thank you. Sal comes in saying, I've got to dip out, but I'll listen and post. Just want to stop by and show some appreciation, mate. Mm. I appreciate that, Sal. Have a great rest of your day and uh, hope to catch you in the post. Uh, Takumi coming in saying, a woman I dated last year was in the midst of a rape trial slash court case. It was very challenging. So much to learn here. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting too. That's very interesting. You got to have a lot of uh, personal references for this then. It's very good. It's very good. Uh, That's actually, it's even better that you mentioned that because I was also going to ask you guys that if you ever have dealt with a woman who's been sexually abused before, and you had specific questions around it, this would be the time, not literally right now, but this would be the session to drop those in as we start to work our way through this. Jay Prime up in here as well, also saying, you 
What's going on, Sensei? I've been listening in post. Yeah, haven't seen you here in ages, Jay. Good to have you here live, though. Good to have you here live. That's another guy from New York City. You and Kevin on the same, you guys on the same time zone, same city. So, 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 absolute beginner. Absolute beginner. Let's start with a story. Let's start with the first time I ever was faced with a woman who had been sexually abused before and and what, what I had to do, what I had to learn. So mm, I'll leave out as many details as possible just for her sake. But let me say that, you know, it was a typical, it was when I was in my development years, for those of you that enjoyed last year's, last year's, yes, last week's podcast in which you got to hear some of my early development uh, in field. That was just between me and my boys as we were learning. Uh, this interaction wasn't recorded though, but it was a typical day game style interaction, met her in the day, met her in the street. It was great. Uh, actually, a really awesome connection, really lit up and tons of polarity, no signs of issues at all. You would never know that this woman had been uh, sexually abused before. And so we go out on day two, typical style, we take her down to the gardens. Uh, she's very free-flowing in the gardens. She's happy to kiss me. Uh, she's happy to meditate with me. She's very feisty. She's very feminine. There's a lot of energy there. It's great. We have a day three, uh, the, like two, three days later, somewhere down at the beach. And that was nice as well. A little bit more intimate kissing. Then I end up dropping her back at her place. As I drop her back at her place, I go inside and we end up just fucking around. Uh, not literally fucking around. We just end up chilling on the bed, uh, just listening to music. You know, really chill. It's been all roses up until this point. No signs that there was about what was about to come. So it's getting darker. It's like, I don't know, 10, 11 p.m., R&B music is on, and we're just in spoon position. We're just in spoon position. She's uh, in my chest, and as we're breathing there together, learning to breathe, learning to understand each other, let me feel you, let me understand us, I'm wrapped it up. She's so comfortable. She's so easy in terms of her energy. There's no fight. There's no aggression. There's no tensity. You know, what I'm saying here is that She's not fighting herself. I'm not saying fighting me because I haven't done it. I'm not saying for those who get uh, not quite on the page there. No, I'm saying she's not trying to fight me. She's not trying to fight herself. She's not showing me any signs of that. There's an internal struggle going on based on her previous trauma. She's not showing any form of broken bird mentality. It's great. You know, it's just everything that I would normally had been expected to. But then as I start to bite her on the ear, you know, I'm, I'm behind her. I start to bite her, nibble her on the ear, start to work my way down her neck. You know, I'm just kissing her around the neck. Really gentle as I always am as we're starting to go into jelly state here. Melting down physiologically in the jelly state and just letting our bodies go. Letting our minds and spirits be released. Infinite cloud style. And then she turns back as I start to put my hand underneath her clothes. And she just turns her head back and really quietly whispers into my ear. Don't hurt me. At the time, in the moment, I didn't really process what that meant. I'd never experienced this before. I'd never been with a woman that had been sexually abused before. So at the time, if I recall best, I just took it because I was already out of it psychologically. When you're in that 
if you've done it correctly, when you're in the correct state with a woman, there should be very little conscious cognitive processing going on. It should just be the absolute dance of masculine feminine energy in a nice flow, in a nice present state in which that Adam's no longer here. And I'm just going to call her Jenna. That's not her name. Fake name, Jenna. And Jenna's no longer here either. And so it was very subtle though. It was very subtle the way that she let me know that she had been uh, broken before. Someone had attempted to break her before and that she had a broken wing before. And up until every moment, up until this point, there had been no signs of this. And so I was already, I had done my job. I had done my role of eliminating myself so that I could just be that mirror. Be that mirror, as I discussed in last week's Bowl Sip, the pinnacle of social dynamics, in which that a human interaction at its absolute finest is when you put two mirrors together. A human interaction at its absolute finest was as if you had put two mirrors together and there's no longer one reflecting the other. It's just one. Who's reflecting who? None. It's just one. And that's what was going on in that moment. But when it was intercepted and there was like almost as if if you could visualize in that analogy of two mirrors facing each other and now it's just one, there was almost a crack. It was like a ding. You know, imagine like a little bit of an ice, like a bit of ice got up an ice wall. It's just like, it's kind of a little bit of a crack. And it, it jarred me for a second in the sense of, I'm not quite sure what this means. What do you mean don't hurt me? What have I, have I done anything at this stage to, to hurt you? But because I was already so loose psychologically and physically, I didn't let it affect me. I didn't let it... Uh, rattle me. I didn't let it change anything about the way I was treating her. How was I treating her at the moment, at the time? Very slow, very sensual, very caressing. You know, we weren't even in general stage at this point. I think I just started to put my hand underneath her shirt and that's when the don't hurt me had come out. And it's not like she'd said it abruptly. It's not as she had pushed me away when she said it. No, she just casually in that spoon position, just turns her head, turns her head back and goes, don't, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Just once though, just once. And and so we, for the rest of the night, uh, her energy was very gentle sexually, even though it was quite counterintuitive, quite counter-representative of how she had been with me throughout the last two or three dates. She's very feisty. She's a very feisty girl, which is what I like. She's very aggressive energetically, happy to go up with me to random strangers and just wish them a great day and fuck around and you know we were we were very uh very jousty with each other always uh competing uh socially and sexually which is great you know i love that i love that and and so when we got into this sexual space now intimately the energy completely shifted specifically after the don't hurt me she became very very docile very gentle very Apprehensive is not the right word. Apprehensive is not the right word, but it's along the lines of what I once thought was a roaring flame was now just embers. Just embers. It's not like it was completely out, but just embers. And so when you're completely in touch, and this is, I guess, the first lesson, maybe a question will come up for you guys in a second. When you're an absolute beginner in social dynamics, and you never faced with a woman, been faced with a woman before who's been sexually abused, reading the energy, reading the temperature in front of you. This is key. What does she need most from you? Uh, That's probably going to be too loose for you who are new to this. So I'll give you that first. What a woman needs for you in this space is patience and empathy. 
Right? You give patience and empathy over time, that allows a woman to regain her ability to fly again. But if you rush her, if you show her that you aren't willing to be patient, trust broken, trust broken. And that, well, the most important thing, when you look at the dance between masculine and feminine energy, if the masculine's role is to lead and provide a strong frame and provide the direct congruent authentic principles, that would incite a certain quality. It would incite a certain reflection from the woman. What would that be? For those of you, that's a good question. That's a good, easy question. That's an easy question that some of you should be able to nail off the bat. So here's the first class question right here. If in a sexual space between a man and a woman, masculine and feminine energy, if the masculine's role is to provide the frame, right, to lead, to be strong, to set the dynamics, set the place, set the pace, what is the woman's primary role? What, a, what reflection is she going to give you that shows that this has been honored? It's one word. It can be said in many different ways, but it's a way of you knowing that you're on point. When she, dot, 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 that lets you know, keep going. When she, dot, 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 lets you know you're doing it right. What's in the dot, 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 dot? That, and it was mentioned several times throughout the Tinder rape article as well. Certain something was given, and then certain something was misused. And if you guys have been following my content long enough, you should know this word off by heart. <laughs> I mean, like, because what, where are we in this podcast right now? What I'm saying is that we're getting into some hardcore tactics of that she needs you to provide tremendous levels of empathy and tremendous levels of patience, which will then give birth to a certain quality, a certain ability, which is a reflection of what you're doing, which lets you know you're doing it right and doing it well. It's one word though. So I want you guys to drop it up in the chat and uh, and we'll get it. And I'm just, uh, I'm just making sure we're in there. So uh, I'm, I'm not seeing any of you guys drop answers in the chat. Come on guys, it's only one word. <laughs> if you guys don't get it in a couple of seconds, uh, and by the way, guys, it's okay to be wrong. Like if you don't know what it is, it's okay to say, I don't know. This is, what I th- is my best guess though. Okay, here we go. First answer's up. You guys are a bit slow off the mark today. Uh, we got Ben high up in here saying, when she trusts you and leans into your energy, becoming a free spirit, bang, Ben nails it off the, sp- off the bat. Ben hits it up with the key word, the key T, trust. All I was looking for there was trust. So when Ben says, when she trusts you and leans into your energy, becoming a free spirit. So Ben's taken us a little extra, a couple extra steps, which is beautiful, which is when he says, leaning into your energy and becoming a free spirit, there's the reflection and there's the letting go. There's the, there's the joining the dance. If you want to imagine, especially I want to use birds a lot in this particular podcast, use that analogy, stick to that analogy, keep it congruent in which that if you've got a broken bird, a bird that's been broken before, she's very timid and very apprehensive of joining that flight again with you, joining that circular dance up in the sky in which that she trusts that your masculine wings will be able to uh, set, set path, set path and that she can trust that she won't be led into a nosedive again, that she won't be attacked again, that she won't get a broken wing again. If she can't trust you, if she can't trust that that dance is going to be wholesome and that flight is going to be is going to be nothing like what it once was, but it's going to provide her with something completely new. 
and then you're never going to get anywhere. So trust was the key word I was looking for there. And I didn't want to get too deep on that. I'm just surprised it took you guys so long, but nailed it, Ben. Nailed it. Uh, gold medal, son. So, but at the, the birth to the trust comes through empathy and patience. So coming back to that story of that first time I dealt with the sexual abuse uh, example was that because I was already so melted down, I was already not really thinking too much and I was just in the moment with her, I was free to be empathetic to her level of energy. I was free to not only be accurate to read that, okay, her energy's completely changed right now, so I need to slow my pace down, which is part of the masculine skill set to read the pace, read the temperature, and then lead it accordingly. You don't, you certainly don't want to be pushing a woman who's, because that's the signal. That's a signal when a woman says to you, if not verbally, uh, don't, you know, don't hurt me, or you need to take it slow with me, or I'm not sure if I'm ready for this. These are some words you might hear and examples of what you might hear of when a woman's trying to voice to you that there's some been some shit go down in the past. Right? What's more important is to look at her energetic makeup, her her physical disposition as to what's happening here. Especially if you had been with a woman before, and this is a point I wanted to get to, it's just there's so many things to get to here of how a woman who's been sexually abused may not show any signs of it at until much later on in your relationship together. It really depends on her development. It really depends on the work she's done, what stage in the recovery from the abuse she's at. You know, for example, some women, I know we get off on tangents here, don't worry, I'll come back to this story. But for example, there are some girls that I've been with in which that they just start crying the moment you even go to kiss them. And it's like, whoa, what happened to you? What's going on here? He's like, did I do something here? Was something wrong? He's like, it blows you away. It's mind blowing. And they go, no. And they wipe their tears away. And they're like, no, no, it's just, you didn't do anything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I'm just like, okay, it's all right. It's all right. And the, the hands go up. You're like, it's okay. We don't need to, uh, I'm not going to push you any further. And because you're just trying to put out fires at that point. You're trying to put out fires at that point. And if you don't realize that something in, is that extreme as a, a woman starting to cry, just as you, go to kiss her yeah that that's uh if you don't have the ability the reason why i brought this up if you don't have the ability to be able to provide the empathy times patience to over time <laughs> nice use of words there patience uh empathy patience over time then that woman never gets a chance to fly again that's a that's something we will talk about much further down in this podcast but it's it, they're all linked in together so i want to bring it back to this example of me being in bed with this woman and with the don't hurt me when I realized that her physical makeup, her energy had completely changed, then I need to I need to mirror that. I need to reflect that. That's one thing. If you're an absolute beginner here and you think about how can I prepare myself for this situation, whether she verbalizes it to you in the form of don't hurt me or I'm just not I'm not sure if I it's not gonna come in the form of I'm not ready. Because well then you, there's no not saying that a woman won't say that, but then there's no question marks. She's told you straight off the bat that she's not ready, so you need to back it up, obviously. But it's it's in the subtlety. It's in the moments where, because a lot of women realize, actually, this is really good. A lot of women that have been sexually abused, they don't necessarily want to letter by letter spell it out for you because they're trying to let go of it as well. They're trying to fly again as well. <clears throat> so don't get upset if a woman is... 
not so upfront and forthright with you about her sexual abuse, you actually don't want that. It's not something you want. Why? Because that's framework before connection. That can come afterwards, right? But connection should always come first. Your organic connection together should always come first. And so, and that's when you're talking about uh, women that won't, we talk about this quite a bit, when women who won't get into any form of sexual intimacy as a result of their previous hurt locker, and they, unless you commit, unless you form a strong commitment of monogamous relationships, you know, that's a, uh, it's such a it's such a shame because it just completely destroys the organic connection you could have had. So if a woman, it's most common what I'm saying here that a woman will say something very subtly that is somewhere in a yellow, not a hard green, not a hard red, but a nice yellow in which sort of like I'm not sure if I'm not ready. I'm not sure if I'm ready. Or or maybe maybe we're going too fast. But she won't stop you. She won't physically stop you if she's at that level of progression in her recovery but it's on you as the masculine frame and the masculine leader to read that and go hmm, okay here are words they're not very specific don't hurt me is not very specific i'm not sure if i'm ready for this is not very specific about what's happened in the past and how she's feeling right now but there is one thing that is very specific which is her body her body is the specific her physiological response to you caressing her breasts, you running your hands down her hips, to you putting a hand around her neck, uh, which are all great things, especially neck touch. I mentioned before in the don't hurt me, when she said don't hurt me, when when in the physical progression did that happen? I said I said that you know I'd been biting her on the ear, we'd been making out before that, we're in the spoon position, but it wasn't until I started to work down towards her neck. And then, and, and simultaneously putting my hand, just starting to put my hand underneath her shirt. That's when it started to come out. But for her, the trigger, oh, and this is good. This is a good point. This is a good point. Uh, but for that, for that woman, the trigger was around the neck and torso, which speaks to a lot of things. So this is a point that I wanted to get to, which is women can have panic attacks. Women can certainly, women can certainly have panic attacks even if they feel like or had previously thought, and this is really good for some of my female followers who have maybe dealt with sexual abuse, but definitely for my male followers that are learning to love women that have been through that, the panic attacks are real. Panic attacks can happen in triggered moments in which that deep-seated subconscious undealt with memory, undealt with pain can be just by the slightest touch. If she had been raped before and a lot of that rape involved the neck, Maybe she had been cut up around the neck. Maybe she had been beaten around the neck a lot. Maybe she had just been controlled by the neck a lot. Then years later, when you're in this, she meets this brand new guy, you have this brand new Takumi coming up in here, your brand new ski, and oh, Mr. Kevin, and you're coming in, and, and you have no idea. You had no idea that, and maybe she had no idea that her neck was a trigger point for an undealt with or unresolved pain that lies deep in her subconscious. And so that when you're in the bed of her and you're, and you're just, you're in the throw and you're, you're spooning and you're enjoying that connection together and you go to touch her neck and all of a sudden she just freaks out. All of a sudden uh, she tenses up, right? Panic attacks can definitely happen. Didn't happen with this woman. She didn't have a panic attack, but I've had it with other girls. Uh, for example, going to kiss a girl, sometimes just the, just the act of going to get close to a woman can cause her to freeze up, can cause her to... Uh, you know, I've seen that many times. I've seen that many times. 
Uh, sexual abuse is very, very prevalent in Asian culture, yet it is even less spoken about than in Western culture. Particularly in Japanese culture, uh, women, because Asian culture, even more so than Western culture, is patriarchal, in which that the it's very still very old world in Asian culture, in which that, you know, if you look at the Japanese parliament, for example, the Japanese uh, uh, government, it's very rare to see a female representative. Like it's it's the, the representation of women in leadership positions in Asian culture is it's like it's 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 so minimal. It's so so small that it's barely even registered. The dynamic between men to women in Asian culture is really unhealthy in that respect, and particularly with rape. Particularly with rape in Asian culture, they women are just will not they will not mention it. They will not talk about it. Uh, I've had several of my friends are uh, connoisseurs of uh, Asian culture and very much enjoy Asian women and spend a lot of time, a lot of months, a lot of years over in uh, not only in Hong Kong, Taiwan, Japan, and they all tell me the same stories of a lot of the you know twenty year old, twenty one year old, absolute. Absolute, absolute teeds, these really attractive Asian women they've been with. And they say, I don't know, it's so common that these Asian women uh, have been raped by their uncles, have been raped by uh, close family members, sexually abused by close family members. And not necessarily so much in, uh, well, I'm sure it does happen, in their romantic relationships with contemporaries, but in within the family. It's very common within the family. And and uh, and I said, well, why don't the women ever bring it up? And I say it varies, but a lot of the times it's because of the shame, the the dishonoring of the family, family honor, and and that it would bring shame to their family if that their uncle or whoever was uh, had rape allegations against him, etc. So it's even more old world in Asian culture. Is all I want to bring up. How did we get onto this topic? I'm not entirely sure, but we'll bring it back in here and. Uh, I just say that where we're at the main tree of this on macro is the patience and empathy. Here we go because of the subtlety. It's not always going to come out so forthright. And a lot of women, and I would actually encourage if you're a female follower listening to this, is that give them give it a chance. Give it a chance. See if you can. Because that, that's a that's a question that I've had with some girls. Like Adam, should I bring up my sexual past, my abuse past? And I say, listen. If you wish to have an organic connection, let it come after. Let it come after. Do your absolute best because you're in your own level of progression and recovery here. But do your absolute best to to fly again. Right? The, a lot of broken bird mentality is psychological in that analogy. I know it's it's all psychological in the reality, but in the analogy of a broken bird that's had its wing broken and needs to learn to fly again, and here's this other bird who's willing to show it that it can. A lot of the times in that analogy, the wing has already healed, that the time has passed that they have done the recovery work, but they choose to remember. They choose to hold on to what being broken was like, feeling what having a broken wing was like. And that's what prevents them from flying. Not so much, and that you could just chalk that up to just the psychology of placebo, of that, listen, if you believe yourself to be in pain, you will be. The the mind is incredible that way. If you go looking for pain, you will find it. If you have had 
past deep past trauma from and I've dealt a lot of this myself in your lower back in uh for me personally but in anywhere you know uh knee reconstructions or what uh tendonitis particularly chronic chronic trauma things that have been going for a long time even if it's healed and you go to a physio and say well this is uh you know I'm feeling this pain in my elbow and it's like well when do you feel it and a lot of the times it's because when you go looking for it and a lot of the times the inflammation is brought on by the fact that you tense up that area because of what it once felt like. Now, that's a really nice side tangent here, moving on to reflecting a woman's body, understanding a woman's body. Well, I was mentioning the neck before, or trigger points around a woman's body. Be aware of this. Be aware of this. As a young newbie, as a young social dynamics newbie, I don't expect you to have the finesse or the savviness to be able to sit down with her and conduct a wholesome unpacking session with her to allow her to run her tap and let out all of the deep past trauma that has been going on and fill you in on that. I know you're not ready for that yet. You're not even ready for that in this podcast yet. We'll get to that later on the podcast. But but one thing that you can do as an absolute beginner is just be very attentive to her body, especially relative to how things were before. Because that's where the shift comes. And that's when you'll know you're dealing with a woman who's been sexually abused that has not verbally stated yet, is that there's going to be a relative shift. If she was free-flowing and easygoing in the date, free-flowing, easygoing, down in the gardens in your first kiss or whatever, and then it's when you finally start to undress each other and then you see this huge shift, well, there's a huge shift in energy, huge shift in body, get tense, and, uh, and then just one of those little subtle verbalities one of those little subtle statements of you know don't hurt me or i'm not sure about this i'm not sure if i'm ready for this so so the question then may come to what level of progression do i go with then uh what did i do in that scenario with the don't hurt me girl and at that point all i did was i just keep reading keep reading from her seeing where she gets tense and for the rest of that night i just went down on her and that's all she was comfortable with and uh, she really enjoyed it. It was she was absolutely mind blowing after it. <clears throat> However, once I have finished going down on her, you can always know because if a woman wants more, she'll ask for more. Right? If a woman wants more, she will press on you. She will push on you for it. Uh, especially after you go down on her, once she's recovered from the orgasm. If she wants to go into sexual penetration, if she wants to go into something a little bit more aggressive in that sense in terms of uh, animalistic nature, then she'll press on you. She'll push the issue. But if she doesn't press, she doesn't push, and she just goes back into she goes back into rest mode, so to speak. She goes back into uh, soft shell, we could call it. We could call it soft shell. <laughs> soft shell crab style. If she goes back into a soft shell, which means that you know her energy, again, dips down, dives down, well, that's where you leave it. That's where you leave it. And that may seem like common sense, but it's not for a lot of guys because a lot of guys to that article that I mentioned before, not the Tinder one, but the one of where a woman alleged that a man had raped her, even though she never objected to any sexual progression ever. The issue was that in that particular story was that she never said no, yet she never said yes. And so he thought that, or oh, I could just keep progressing on her just because she's not saying no. And there's, as I just went very deep into the article, there's two sides to that coin. 
the woman and the feminine's role is to provide raw feedback. If a woman doesn't tell a man that she's unhappy with this, then there's no grounds for calling rape or there's no grounds for uh, for alleging that he did anything of of uh, of abuse in any, in any sense. If you never say to him that this is not okay, absolutely. That's why, and that's where we start to step into rape, rape culture, which I don't agree with uh, in terms of the trigger-happy rape, rape culture. Uh, in which that women expect men to be able to read their minds and and to be able to uh, just just because she's not now if you follow the world of social dynamics and my teachings you should know that I teach all my guys that you should have the ability to read the person in front of you and that you shouldn't need a verbal I'm not cool with this to know that a woman's not cool with this as I've spoken at the beginning of this podcast is that you should be reading <coughs> her physical disposition because that is the specific of how she's feeling whether she verbally says it or not, but it's a dance. It's neither or it's all him or it's all her or all the blame. It's all the responsibilities on him or all the responsibilities on her. No, a sexually intimate experience is a dance. It's a flight between two birds in the sky, a dance between two energies on the lake in which the woman provides raw feedback. The man leads through a strong flame. And so it goes on. And so it goes on. If any one of them dishonors their role, then there's a chink. And then there's a break, and then there's a breakdown. And of course, someone's going to get broken. Some of them, it's not always women either. It's not always women either. We're using a general example here of women dealing with sexual abuse, but men deal with sexual abuse as well. And uh, that's a nuance we can maybe get onto later. So let's bring it back in. Absolute newbie dealing with uh, a woman who's with sexual abuse. Make sure that, I've said before, with the patience and the empathy, how much patience, how much patience is always the next question. This is one of my favorite concepts, favorite keys of that. You may start the work with her, but you may not necessarily finish it. And it's very hard for someone who's learning social dynamics, learning new skill set to harmonize this within him that sometimes it's better to actually leave. Sometimes it's better to not engage this woman. Sometimes... It's for her, the best for her own growth to say that we won't do anything more. We won't go any further. Oh, yeah. And this brings us into the ice turtle versus the lusting firebird. So I mentioned this before at the beginning of the podcast. There are two ways in which that a woman's trauma can manifest, particularly when it comes to something of this nature. And I use a scale of ice turtle shell on the far left and lusting firebird on the far right. I used this and I first created this concept for girls with daddy issues, but the scale applies quite well. It just manifests slightly differently with sexual abuse <clears throat> versus daddy issues. So ice turtle shell is a rejection mentality. It's a rejection complex in which that because of the abuse she had felt uh, long ago, being subject to long ago, she then places a blanket, a blanket program that rejects any form of masculine energy regardless of how it presents. Whether it is wholesome, whether it's not wholesome, doesn't matter. Not even going to give it a chance to verify. It's just ice turtle shell, a lock up, a close up, never going to let it in again. That's the hardcore far left. Far right, lusting firebird, complete opposite. Women that, for the same reason, incurred tremendous sexual abuse or abuse and in the past, but now form a acceptance complex, over-acceptance complex, in which that... They can't really live without it, that this is their normal now and they crave it and that they will put up with absolutely anything, any level of uh, abuse or trauma because 
now they've been conditioned, programmed, behaved, tra- trained behavior, patterned behavior. Now this is this is me. This is what I like. This is what I'm entitled to. This is what the world says that uh, all I'll ever all I'll ever need, all that I'll ever be worthy of. Right? That's a lusting firebird, and so they over accept. They put up with way too much. They let too many things slide. They let guys cheat on them. They let uh, guys physically abuse them, sexually abuse them. They let it all happen, keep coming back for more. Makes no sense on the surface, but it makes a lot of surf- a lot of sense underneath the surface when you go, well, she just, it was a coin flip. It was a coin flip based on her psychological makeup and definitely if she had some issues with her parents prior to the sexual abuse, you know, moving beyond just daddy issues or parent issues, but it was a coin flip as to whether she went the rejection path or the overacceptance path. And if a woman that goes over acceptance, this is what you guys probably need to know more about. You're probably going to run into more women that have an overacceptance complex in terms of their sexual abuse trauma and aka lusting firebird. You're probably going to meet more on this end. And the reason why I say that is because the ice turtle shell mentality. I said this in the daddy issues. It does. It definitely applies. But it, I'm just there's a there's a slightly different nuance here. Maybe I'll just paint that first because otherwise I might lose might lose some of you. Yeah, there's there's two things there's two things here. So let me just let me slow down. Okay, we'll start with this first. So the reason why we'll finish that point and then we'll move on because there's some of you that have watched the daddy issue stuff might be getting a little bit confused with what that means for you. So let me pause that. Let me pause that. Less ice turtle shells as a result of sexual abuse because women that have gone through the recovery process and that have led themselves through it, and this is kind of what I've, this is what I've, at least in my opinion, have seen uh, throughout my experiences, the ones that do go through their own recovery and that they start to trust, they start to lean back into wanting to fly again, they are far more subjective, uh, subjected to and far more it's not that's not the right word far more what's the word inclined there we go far more inclined to fall into a lusting firebird mentality because they want they want to try again and so they get these experiences again and it only takes one two three experiences that maybe weren't as aggressive as the initial but maybe just one two or three guys that weren't the best guys one of the best guys, maybe there was a misplaced hand here or there, but it wasn't enough to push her away. And then now the patterns start to form. It's like, oh, this is just how all guys should treat me. This is just how all guys should be with me. I should learn to expect this type of treatment from guys in terms of sexual abuse. And it only takes a few subtle, a few subtle things to happen, a few subtle experiences to start to lay the inroads of a pattern that then has her go full-blown far right lusting firebird and that's why i seem to happen more with but that's why i think that's more prevalent because when you look at the ice turtle shell they don't allow it to happen at all so the pattern of them being re-abused doesn't it never gets started it never gets started they just it happens once and that's it they just never trust again never want to entertain again and that's it but i don't find at least in my experience that that is uh, most women i find that most women tend to 
it, it, it definitely depends on how aggressive the initial experience was. Obviously, you could see that you, it makes more sense that the more aggressive the experience was at the beginning, the more inclined. Ah, and that's a good point, actually. And that's a great sum up. So we'll hit that. You can see how a more aggressive sexual abuse incident initial, the very first one, would lead someone to going more ice turtle shell, let's block out all masculine energy, never trust them again, versus maybe some low-level sexual abuse in terms of not a full-blown near murder, near like just absolutely horrific, but we're talking about just maybe a boyfriend that got a little drunk one night and, you know, was went a little too hard, went a little too hard or uh, maybe there was a guy that uh, just was not keyed in on how to slow things down and just maybe like that guy in that article that that guy sent me who just wasn't necessarily beating her but was just pushing it without really reading her. And so, and so just a couple of experiences like that and women are more tend to go through that, which would then lead to the patterning and the behaving that would allow for multiple experiences, which then lead her to a lusting fiber mentality. So I just wanted to paint those two out. Now, this is the point of what I really wanted to get to is what this means for you guys and how this now manifests. So if you happen to meet an ice turtle shell in sexual nature, because ah, I remember just before, it doesn't just necessarily, there's not like a big flag or a big sign on their back that says I'm an ice turtle shell, aka uh, I don't want to have anything to do with masculine energy. It pops up at different stages of your journey together. And a lot of the times it pops up at first instigation of a physical connection, whether it be the kiss, the hug, the, the touching of the neck, the playing with genitals, of course, but sometimes a lot more subtle than that before that. Just spooning with her, that type of thing. And so an ice turtle shell will knock this one out first. The ice turtle shell at first hint, I've had many experiences, not in relation to firebirds, but I've had enough in my own experience of dealing with ice turtle shells of a sexual nature that, yeah, just the moment you go to kiss them, can't do it. Can't do it. The moment you go to hug them, start crying, start, you know, really shut down. And they aren't willing to open up. In the case of this, in the event of this, it's so confusing because they're not saying they don't want to be with you altogether. They're just, they're just locked out. They'll lock themselves out from sexual intimacy. It's like they, she may have previously been a great, great connection with you, had a great connection with you up until that point. You guys are flowing really well. But then the moment you hit sexual intimacy, boom, lockdown, ice turtle shell, retract, withdraw, harden, harden metapod. And it's, it's really, it's like, what to do? What, what the hell am I supposed to do here? Patience and empathy over time. With an ice turtle shell, this is not something that you can baby step your way through. This is not something that will get better over time in a unaddressed, unconscious way. It does have a chance to get better over time, but it's going to have to be an active, conscious process with her. Ice turtle shells cannot be... It's a complete opposite mechanic of how to handle the lusting firebird, which we will get to in time. But with an ice turtle shell of a woman who locks down, withdraws sexually, you can't just hope that, oh, okay, that's okay, you know, we'll just sweep it under the rug or we, I'll just, I'll ignore the fact that she wasn't willing to kiss me on a park bench, even though we were absolutely loving each other and everything was great until that point and she just completely shut down and froze after that. I'll ignore that. I'll do it. We're not going to address that, right? You know, 
and just hope that it gets better, hope that fixes itself. It's not. It's, it definitely won't. Right, that is a conditioned that is a conditioned choice. It's a conditioned choice that not as a result of you if it's that aggressive. Not as definitely not as a result of you, but this is something that she just whether she's aware of it or not, a lot of women aren't. A lot of women aren't. A lot of women are not aware of how they react because they're just reacting. It's an instinctual thing uh, as a protection mechanism. And so this needs to be addressed consciously and actively. So when I meet a woman that has ice turtle shell nature and I notice, let me give you an average because it's very extreme if you get a girl who starts crying the moment you try and kiss her. That's, that's very extreme. I've only experienced that maybe two times, maybe two or three times. But what I have experienced is when you're maybe say lying down in the bed, everything's been great, lying down in the bed and she goes, I just can't, I can't do this can't do this so it's not it's not the subtle one like i mentioned before it wasn't don't hurt me it wasn't i'm not sure if i can do this it's i can't do this it's like no 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 no. no. it's like no it's, it's and and it's it often comes out in very irrational linguistics it's like like even just hearing that i can't do this is quite irrational based on your relationship it's rational in her mind based on her complex based on her understanding and her protection, protecting against getting broken again, right? So it makes sense in her mind, but based on your relationship and where you're at, everything was great up until this point. And it's not like you were, and of course, this is predicated on you leading at the right pace, reading at the right pace. But it does, so that's why it doesn't make sense. Because as long as you're leading at the right pace and you're making sure you're reading the green lights, reading the red lights, you're taking things at a nice steady pace and nice and slow and you just, oh, oh, the emotional connection. We didn't even get to this bit yet. I got I to gotta, I gotta, uh, slow myself down here because there's so many cool things. We will get back to the emotional sexual connection foundation. We have to get back to that. We will get back to that because it's coming up organic now. But you know, let's just say that you've been doing everything right up to this point, but then you get a shutdown moment. You get a withdrawal moment. Ice turtle shell hits in. It's, just, it's very irrational because you had done nothing up until that point. So to ignore that that happened or to pretend that it's just going to fix itself, it's, it's, it never does. You know, I've been through it. I've tried that. I've tried that. And what happens is just Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. You'll, keep, you'll go out on another five dates of her and it will just keep getting to the same level of progression and lock down. Lock down. But guys, why is she locking down? This is a great question for you in the chat. For those of you in the live stream right now, when a woman who's got ice turtle shell nature in terms of her sexual abuse experiences, which means that she's entered a rejection complex, which says she will now reject all sexual intimacy, why is she locking down? What is she, what is, why is she locking down in that moment? There are several ways of explaining this, but I want, you to, I want you guys to be thinking right here. I want you to put yourself in the moment, predicated on that everything's been going well. Pace, reading, it's all been great. Why would, she, why would she repeatedly lock down no matter how many dates it's been? Right, you're on five, six dates. You feel like you've built the foundations. You build the foundations. Got to hold that, that word there. I don't want to give you too many answers. But why the lockdown? Why the repeated lockdown? This is the key you want to think about because this is what's going to help you to understand why you can't just unconsciously hope it gets better because it doesn't. It'll never get better. It'll never get better on its own. It will get better if we consciously address it, but you have to understand why the lockdowns are happening. That gives you reason. And that gives you reason to why we go active. 
So put it up in the chat. Your best guess. Why the repeated lockdown? Why wouldn't it get better over time? Because that's most guys' natural response. It's the natural response to just, you know, pretend it didn't happen, pretend she didn't have this weird psychological reaction to what was actually a very wholesome thing. And that... And so I'll just let that slide. That's very natural. But then it happens again and it happens again and it happens again. And so what I'm asking you guys is that why why the happening of again? Why the happening of the lockdowns again and again and again as a result of you just passing it under the rug, just not really addressing it actively? Because this is if you get the answer to this, this gives you the answer to why you actively have to address it. And there's no one right answer to this. Well, there's one general right answer, but there are many ways of saying it. So let me get up in the chat with this. We got we got Mr. Takumi coming in, wondering if you could shed some light on why guys get aggro slash abusive in your opinion at some stage. Yeah, definitely too. We'll get to that. Not not quite yet, but we will get to that. We'll definitely address that. T comes in then saying with his first answer to why the repeated lockdowns... <coughs> Why the repeated lockdowns and why the repeated lockdowns more specifically, uh, T? Why is it that the repeated lockdowns will never get better on their own? That's really the, the, the crux that we're trying to get at here. So T says fear. So there's only one word there, T. Uh, fear, yes, but you've got to be a lot more specific than that. Fear is definitely a part of it, but that's, uh, that's, that's uh, chocolate chips. I need the rest of the cookie, okay? <laughs> Ben comes in, Ben I comes in saying, you've navigated her metaphorical maze and have reached a wall where she has blocked off all emotion and hasn't taken the time to resolve the issues hidden within. I just want to run my mind through that. You've navigated her metaphorical maze, this is what Ben's saying, and have reached a wall where she has blocked off all emotion and hasn't taken the time to resolve the issues hidden within. Yes, yes, and yes. I'm, li- I'm, I'm liking where your mind's at, Ben. However, if I could take you another step, that's all very good, but I want to take you another step. I want to take you just one more step. I want you to, to just slightly refine that answer to the question, the more specific part of the question of why repeated lockdowns not addressed not addressed, keep happening between you two. You've absolutely nailed it. I just want you to think about your answer there, especially with the maze, which is great. Think about that with the maze. That's a good one. That'll help your mind. That, yes, you've navigated the maze, but you've reached a wall, you've reached a block that's been imposed by her. Great. And that wall is made up of ice turtle shells. However, if you just keep walking around this maze, ignoring the fact that you ran into that ice turtle shells, and if you every time you come back, Every time you come back to that wall of ice turtle shells, and you just can't get past it. It's like, why is walking away? Here's the, here's the question for your analogy. Why is walking away from the wall not the answer? Why is it that just by walking away and then hoping one day it's not there? What I'm missing from you in your answer here is what you need to do with her. If you could just give me, because you've definitely addressed why the wall's being put up, 
You've addressed why she's locking down, why she's going to ice turtle shell mode. Fantastic. Now I want to be more specific to the target because remember the reason, the whole reason why I asked this question was not so much just to address why she puts up the wall. Definitely, she's blocking off. Uh, she's blocking off her emotions. She hasn't resolved issues within it. Definitely, but there's a journey to be had. I've been discussing this. I mentioned it just probably about five minutes ago. You may not be the one to finish the journey with her, but you can start the journey with her. That's what's kind of missing in your little analogy there, that you've, you've given us a great thing of the wall and the maze. Now I want to know what you're going to do with the wall and the maze. There. Moving on to the next answer. So hopefully you can, hopefully that can help you out there, Ben. Terrence Franklin comes up in here. Oh, I've never seen before in this chat, so welcome. Uh, Franco comes in saying her experiences have caused her to generalize all encounters in a somewhat hostile state, causing her to have an inability to progress through it, similar to PTSD. Absolutely. Absolutely, Frank. And you're on the same wavelength as Ben. So you've hit the same, you've, in his analogy, described the wall and the why the wall is. Fantastic. Now, I would like to know from you, based on what you've said here, it's the same, same question as what I just gave to Ben, which is, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do with the war? What are you going to do with the ice turtle shell nature? What are you going to do with her inability to progress through her hostile state, in your words? That's what we're getting at here, the tactics of it. Takumi then comes in saying, trauma needs conscious awareness to be let go. Won't dissolve without directed awareness. Very good. Very good, T. That's... that's Ah, good, good. And then T then goes on to say, not sure what specifically to do though besides talking. So T has given the macro of what Ben and Franklin are missing in which that, yes, we need conscious awareness to help her let go. And we, to what T said there, we need directed awareness, definitely. And then when he goes on to say, not sure what specifically to do though. So that was actually the question I was just about to ask you T, which is finish me, finish him as to, so how is that going to play out? How are we going to address the ice turtle shell nature? What is it? Because we've ascertained now that we can't allow for repeated blockings. The more that you allow, similar to the lusting firebird, which we've got to get to, similar to the lusting firebird, how a woman becomes a lusting firebird, aka overacceptance mentality of sexual abuse, the way that happens to her is stepped progression of trained behavior in which that after several repeated experiences, this is what she comes to frame her reality as. This is what I expect. This is what I'm worthy of. And so it just perpetuates and momentum goes, okay? Same thing with Ice Turtle Shell, in which that you don't do any favors to a woman who has an Ice Turtle Shell nature of her sexual abuse by allowing it to repeat, by just ignoring that it even happened, that we go unconscious with it, that we just let it slide, hope it gets better. No, no, there is no it getting better on its own to the point of what T said. We need directed awareness. Absolutely. So what does that directed awareness look like? That's what we're looking for now, T. Whoa. We've got to get back to the emotional sexual connection. We've got to get back to that. I, it's something we really should have started with, but we've been all over the shop at this podcast because there's a lot of shit coming out here. By the way, guys, let's just take a quick break here and say, if you're enjoying this content, make sure you drop a thumbs up on the video down below. That'd be most appreciated. Help support the channel. 
And if you listen to this podcast in post, feel free to come back and just drop a comment with your feedback or if you have any follow-up questions. Because I know uh, those here alive are doing well. You guys are getting nicely engaged now. But uh, some guys, so a lot of people can't make it. So you can definitely definitely come back and you can drop questions. I'll always come back and answer them in post. So Ben High comes in saying, I need to sit her down and speak to her heart to heart as to why she reacts to my going deeper and ask her to trust me and open up by my opening up to her. Break down that wall with love and matched knowing. I like the general vibe of what you're saying, Ben, but there's a lot of things going on in what you're saying. So I want to just just unpack that just a little bit. I need to sit down with her and speak to her heart to heart. Bang. It's a win, green tick. As to why she reacts to my going deeper. Hmm. Ben, do you think she's reacting to your going deeper? You seem to have assumed something. That's why I think I had to unpack what you're saying. The general vibe of what you're saying here, I'll give you a green tick, green flag off the bat, which is, yes, we need to sit down with her and we need to have a direct active conversation with her, kind of borrowing some of T's answer there as well. Okay, we need it in your words, we need to have a heart to heart. However, when you go on to say as to why she reacts to my going deeper, you're assuming something there, which is not necessarily accurate. How do you know she's just reacting to your going deeper? Is that what she's doing? Because it sounds like you're taking a little too much credit for what's going on. It sounds like you're self-interpreting it and putting a little too much focus on what you're doing. Now, if you were doing something that was off, if your 50 was off, say you were leading too hard, you were not reading clearly enough, then I'll definitely agree with what you're saying as to why she reacts to your, in quotes, going deeper. However, let's say you've been on, which is the predication here, that you've been on, that you've been leading at the correct pace, reading the green lights, only progressing when there's a green light, and that you've been reading with empathy and that you've been, you've already established the emotional sexual connection first, which I know we haven't even touched on yet, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, but you've assumed something here that uh, is not quite accurate because she's not necessarily reacting to you just going deeper. That's not necessarily what's going on in her mind. No, 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 no. Only if you had fucked up your 50. I would agree with you if you had fucked up your 50, but that's not what we're assuming on here. Okay. So I'll let you play with that a little bit more. You're almost there though. Franco then comes and saying, I think a good first step would be letting her know that you authentically empathize with her situation by letting her know that you are open and willing to discuss her experiences at her pace. I love the latter half of what you said there, Frank. The beginning is the beginning though. When you say that, I think a good first step would be letting her know you authentically empathize with her situation. My question to you, Mr. Frank, is what is her situation? How can you authentically empathize with someone's situation if you don't know what it is? So you actually have the same issue as Ben. There's an assumption. You're both assuming something without having gotten clarity of it. The latter half of what you both said are great. Uh, Willing to discuss her experiences at her pace. Beautiful. Love that. But you both assumed something that should not be assumed. 
and that you could never uh, you would never get accurately. And that's the final thing that's missing here, guys. You're just missing something that we need to ask her. Nice, Matt comes in saying, should you remain friend with an ex after a fresh breakup? Uh, that's got nothing to do with this current topic, nice, Matt. But if you, when we get to open Q&A, if you want to reiterate that, uh, I can answer it in the open Q&A, but it's not relevant right now. Thanks for asking that. Uh, ben High then comes in saying, oh, I see. It's not me in her past that is being reflected onto me and bubbling back to the surface. I need to walk her through the negative experience she is re-experiencing and help her to turn her around into a net positive and put her put to rest her demons by allowing her to speak to them aloud. You almost had me there, Ben. You almost had me, but then you get me red flags at the end. So you nailed it in terms of, oh, I see. It's not me and her past that is being reflected onto me. Well done. Well done. Your issue at the beginning in your first answer was that you, when you said, why she reacts to my going deeper, you're completely correct. She's not reacting to your going deeper unless you've done something wrong, which in this scenario, you haven't, right? She is re-experiencing past trauma. She is the broken bird on the ground who actually her wing is healed, right? And that she's got a strong, healthy new bird in front of her willing to show her what it's like to fly again. But she's not willing to go up into the clouds of you, not willing to go up into the sky of you and rejoin that dance, that flight, because she still believes that her wing may get broken again. So it's as if it's just as, even though her wing's fine, even though her wing is fine, it's fine. It's as if it's not purely because she believes that she's going to get broken again. So even if a woman is by all means had enough time and, and has been shown by the bird in front of her, by the man, the energy in front of her, that, no, this is fine. We can fly again. This will be good. And you've given her all the empathy, all the patience. You've established the foundations of trust. The emotional section connection has been established. So there's no reason why that she shouldn't be able to join you again in this flight, in this dance again. But just the idea of her getting broken again renders her unable to fly. So that has nothing to do with the bird in front of her, though. That has nothing to do with what you did. So very good in realizing that she's not reacting to you. Okay, good. Where you lose me, though, Ben, is when you say, I need to walk her through her negative experience. Big red flag there. I need to walk her. That's a red flag. And then help her to turn it around into a net positive and put to rest her demons by allowing her to speak them aloud. The final bit's great. Allowing her to speak them out, allowing her to voice her demons, that's great. But the red flags and the vibe I get from you is you doing for her, you doing to her. If you've been present in the last couple Q&As where I've addressed, where I addressed Johnny Nguyen, uh, also up in the World Bowl, and when I instructed him on how to get someone to see the light, Get someone to realize the faults of their of their mistakes, the faults of their actions. And the core concept, Ben, was this. You cannot force the light into someone's eyes. You cannot force someone to drink. They must see for themselves and drink for themselves. So you will do no such walking for them. When you say, I need to walk her through the negative experience, you never could. You never could. And not, I know it's not just to walk her through the negative experience. You then go on to say and help her to turn it around into a net positive. 
this all seems great, Ben, but it'll all be as a result of nothing because there's nothing you can do for her. There's nothing you can walk for her. All you can do is receive. You can ask the questions and provide a receiving force or a receiving space for her that allows her to walk herself, that allows her to see herself, to drink herself. You seem to have a little bit of a controlling mindset that I must do this, that it's on me to help her to repair. No, 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 no. This goes back to my mindset of the initial, the initial mentality of that. You may begin her recovery, but you may not, and you begin the journey of her recovery. You may start the journey with her, but you may not necessarily be the one to finish with her. But it's never us facilitating her recovery or walking her through her recovery there's nothing we can do for that, right? Anything. So, what does that, what does that look like in real terms? So, you sit her down and you say, "So, you, so, so, why are you re-experiencing this negative experience?" In your words, or tell me, uh, tell me about, tell me about how I can help you. How can I help you to overcome this ice turtle shell nature or this rejection mentality you seem to have with me? And you can do it in the most loving and kind way as possible, and say, "Listen, you need to let go." Listen, Jenna, you need to let go of this old past experience that you had with this guy because I'm not that guy. You can trust me. You can trust me. Listen, all of this sounds great, right? It all sounds great if you don't understand how humans behave and if you don't understand social dynamics, which is that you cannot force a new realization or mentality upon someone else. You cannot simply ask someone to trust you or to let go of previous experiences. The only way that sticks is if you have them realize it for themselves. So in your discussion, which I agree with, a heart-to-heart, in your allowing for open discussion, as Franklin had brought up, because I'm going to bring this to a wrap now, in this discussion where you sit down one-on-one and you actively address her cold nature and her ice turtle shell lockdown, your primary role is to listen. Your primary role is to receive You instigate it in terms of we need to discuss this, absolutely. But that's it. That's where that journey begins and ends for you, so to speak, in which that that's all I actively need to do is just bring active awareness that something's not quite right here, but I will make no assumptions. I will not assume that it is me that has triggered something here. I will not assume that it was something in the past that has been triggered. I will not assume anything. I will only be here to listen and to receive and then ask the appropriate questions. So what is this going to sound like? Listen, Jenna, I noticed the other night things got a little bit uh, kind of tense. I noticed you kind of locked down with me. And so I feel like we should discuss this and I'd like to understand you better. I want to feel you. I want to understand us. Core mentality. So let's chat it up. So we get down there on the couch and say, okay, I'm all ears. I'm all ears with you. I want to know anything you have to share. There's, there will be no judgment. I'm not even here to tell you... Uh, what to do. I don't, I don't even want to, this is not a coaching session. I just want to know. I want to feel you so that we can understand us. Help me feel you. That's it. That's it. From then on, let her run. Let her run that tap because that tap will run. If you can authentically convey to a woman that I'm not going to impart judgment or impart will my will impose my will on you but i am purely here to offer the space the space to receive you so that i may better understand you and understand us in commune in connection 
you can provide that for a woman, that tap will run. And so the journey of recovery begins, but not because you did anything to her, not because you forced some light upon her or way of thinking or having to do it upon her, but just that the very pure fact that you are here to be empty. Empty yourself. There's a lot of Ben in your answers there, Ben. I want you to let go of Ben because Ben's not required. This is not Ben's issue. This is not Ben's trauma. Ben has nothing to do with this. You are purely, in this example, the reception. You are just the reception. You are not the instigation. You are the reception. So when you can receive for her, she can run. Let that tap run. Let everything come out. Do not interject. Hold the silence. Hold the silence. No matter what she says, she may say things that you're like, you, that make you make you want to jump out. She may say things like, okay, so, so let's say you get done with it, you go, listen, I just want to feel you. I just want to understand us. I want to understand why things got a bit tense of you the other night, why you got a bit locked down. I'm not here to judge or assume anything. I just want to understand you so we can better understand us. Let's feel it out. Help me understand you. Help me feel you. And you just shut up there and she goes, okay, well, yeah, I, I haven't really discussed this much with a lot of people. And I'm, to be honest, I'm a little bit afraid. I'm a little bit scared. And here's one, here's one thing I'll give you, Ben, and for the rest of the guys listening. There is one thing you're allowed to interject with or to say, which is just an acknowledgement of that what she's saying is okay, which is, it's okay. If she comes up, which like, um, if she's, look, because she will, a lot of girls will require a little, a few turns. That tap doesn't run without a few turns. It's not like it's just an immediate pff, gushing. A lot of girls aren't just going to gush immediately, especially if it's uh, sexual abuse trauma. So she's going to need to turn the tap a few times before it starts to run fully. And the ability to allow her to turn the tap is just by saying, it's okay. It's okay. So she goes, oh, I'm a little bit afraid. I'm not sure. You know, I haven't really discussed this with a lot of people before. And then she will pause looking for your acceptance of that. So then all you need to do is, it's okay. It's okay. Just an, it's okay. Let's her know. Okay. Loosen up the tap. Give me some more. Start talking. Start running. All right, that's all you need to do. It's okay. And then she'll go, okay, well, so, you know, when I was, uh, when I was 13, actually, uh, my uncle... Uh, sexually abuse me. Now, when you hear a woman say that to you, as a man, especially maybe someone of your disposition, Ben, and maybe Johnny, if you're listening to this in post, the type of guys that would like to take control of this conversation, do a little too much, if you're the type of guy that would do too much, I'm that type of guy. I used to be that type of guy before I learned this skill, which is that you want to jump in and go, and go, you try and unpack it logically, analytically. Well, how did that happen? How did it lead to that? You know, you want to ask so many questions. You want to, uh, how did you resolve it afterwards? What have you done since then to help resolve? You know, this, uh, your logical male mind will try to go into system recovery. It will try and go into uh, just XE as many programs as possible to help, 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 right? Because you sense an issue. There's a problem. There's an issue. What does the male mind want to do? I want to fix it. There's no fixing to be done here. You must, you must curtail your natural male inclination to want to fix her, to want to change her, to do something to her, and to just shut up. 
receive her. Slow it down, slow yourself down, bite your tongue if you need to, and just go, okay. Because at many stages of the conversation with you, as she's unpacking her sexual abuse, she will look for acceptance. Because this is something that she's not used to doing. It's very raw. It's very real for her. It happened to her. Like, this is some deep shit. Imagine if we're talking about, uh, in this story, a girl who was sexually abused by her uncle. That's brutal. That's brutal. For most guys, it's very hard to understand what that's like. But just imagine if you're a guy. Imagine imagine being a woman and having this 50, 45-year-old man force you against your will right, and to hold you down and physically impose him upon you. That's got to be frightening, absolutely frightening. Yeah, you're going to be a little bit scarred and traumatized after that. And so if you're going to have a discussion with someone about this, you're not sure what, how much is too much to say, if, if what I'm saying is even right for me to say. You know, she's going to look for acceptance. Your acceptance reflection is just in the eyes, in a nod, in a, mm-hmm, in a, it's okay, it's okay, go on, it's okay, it's go on. It's not in asking questions. It's not in trying to unpack her more. It's been more than enough for her to just say to you that her uncle physically abused her at 13. It's been more than enough for some women to say to me that I had a previous boyfriend that just used to beat the shit out of me, right? It's, it's it's been more than enough for her to just say that. I don't then need to go into masculine fix-it mode because there's no fixing to be done. And if I give her that idea of I'm trying to fix you, that just makes her feel worse. Why? Because what do we fix? If you're live in the chat right now, what do we fix? What needs to be fixed? Yeah. Huh? Uh, if you can get it in the next three seconds just while I take a break, what is the nature of something that has to be fixed? In order for us to fix it, what does that infer? It is already very good. Terrence Franklin comes in saying broken, things that are broken. Ski comes in then after saying things that are broken. Very good. Very good. If you go into fix-it mode, what do you convey to her? That she is broken. What are we trying to show her? That you're broken that your broken bird mentality is only psychological, that you are good now. You're fine to fly again, right? That being broken is something that exists in your mind. It's, it's in the analogy of the bird, you can trust. You can trust, okay? You can trust and you must trust in order to uh, be able to fly once again. But if we convey to a woman that you are broken, right, and that, sorry, that we need to fix you, which then conveys that you are broken, it's not going to help. It's not going to help her at all. So what we want to do is receive, listen, silence. Let her run her tap. Let her get all her experience out and just reflect back to her that we love that you're sharing this. We love that you've been willing to share with us and to open up. That's all, that's all it is. At no stage in my conversation with a woman as she's first starting to tell me about her sexual abuse am I trying to offer any form of guidance or advice. 
It's not that at all. If she asks for it, if she says, you know, is is there anything you could think of that that would help me to, you know, maybe loosen up a little bit with you more? Your response should be at the absolute maximum. Let's just breathe together. That's it. Right? We'll just breathe together. The one thing that you can do as a man to help a woman on her recovery is to show her that I will be empathetic and that I will be patient. If you can be empathetic and you can be patient, then there's nothing more. There's that's all you can do. That's all I'd ever want you to do. If I uh, if I had a daughter that went through something like this, the type of partner I want her with is the type of guy that could just be able to breathe with her for an entire night and just breathe and be not not just okay with that but can actually let go of himself within that and can then allow her because now we start to move beyond just the conversation now of a woman who's opening up about her sexual abuse because now it goes to if you because what, what's going to happen after this guys is that if you successfully hold this conversation with her you successfully hold that she's going to be drawn into you. She's going to go, maybe maybe I do want to try again. Maybe I do want to start to fly again, start to spread my wings and enjoy a new connection with a new masculine being. Maybe I, maybe I do want to try that. So where would the first step be? Let's just breathe. Let's just breathe. You know, even if you had already been kissing a lot before that, even if you guys had already gone a little bit further than that before that, it's the concept of start back at the beginning. Because once you get it out in the air, that the sexual abuse, whatever happened to her in the past, once that gets out of the air, you need to treat her as new again. You need to treat her as new as that, okay, well, the dynamic between you and I has completely changed now, so we need to start at the beginning, which means, yes, and this is perfect, now we need to establish the emotional sexual connection first before physical. And this is something that I want, I was going to get back, to, get up to into the beginning of the uh, podcast. Well, it was one of the key things I wanted to get to, but now we're going to get to it. So... So establishing the emotional sexual connection underpinned the foundation of trust in which that if you can't show a woman that I don't need you, that I'm not attached to you, that I don't need to transact on you, that I have no desire to to impose my will upon you, you can't show any of those things, you'll never establish an emotional sexual connection. Uh, do, do all women... Listen, do all women need the deepest level of emotional sexual connection before they let themselves go out physically? Absolutely not. Of course not. But would I recommend it? Absolutely. Now you, of course, you can just go out into, you know, when women say they have one night stands, I talk with a lot of my female friends and they say, you know, we have one, one night stands are okay, but they're not memorable. Like you forget about them. There's nothing awesome about them. You know, it's just like a wild thing. But when my female friends telling me the sexual experiences that matter the most to them, are the ones where there was an emotional connection first, the ones where the foundations of trust and empathy were established first. And when that comes first, that's gold. That's absolutely gold. So we do this by primarily through our process of leading and reading and learning to read the person in front of us, showing those high levels of empathy, that I can actually just be with you, that I can just be. I don't need to do, but I can just be. And the best way to show someone you can just be is just breathe. Back and forward, just breathe. You need to be able to show yourself you can do this as well. You need to show yourself you can do this as well. And when you do, when you do that just when it unlocks everything else. If you want to unlock peak physical experience of someone, 
you must first unlock peak emotional experience. Because if you can't trust each other on the deepest of level in that sense, to the point where you let go of who you think you are, you let go of your concept of self together, and that now is just human interaction at its finest. Two mirrors reflecting each other. Who's reflecting who? None. There's just one. And there's just one. And when there's just one, an emotional sexual connection has been established first, and then the physical can come after that. You know, it's, it's interesting. Like You guys know that that came out so clean and so ready because it's something that's so dear to my heart. And it didn't even take long to get through. That was just, it's something that I know that we had to get to at some part. But that's what's going to happen next. Once you help a woman or you, when a woman has shown that I'm ready to start the journey again, I'm ready to start learning to trust masculine energy again and to start forming new connections and really growing and becoming stronger as a woman. What she needs then and what she will look to because your role is the leading masculine setting the frame, setting the pace, is not to overcook it, not to push her too fast, too quickly, but to actually take things so slow that she actually starts to push her revs. That during that breathing, during that breathing, when she starts to turn on herself and that she starts to push on you a little bit is what you will start to notice. When a woman finally starts to let go of her deep, deep attachment to being a broken bird and now starts to fly again, She'll start to push on you. She'll start to push your pace a little bit. I'd recommend in the first couple of experiences, stay in control of the frame, stay in control of the pace. Don't take it any further. All right, just stay in the breathing. Let her know that it's solidified, that it's, that it's a cemented ability between you and her. It's a cemented ability that you have, that it wasn't just for an hour or two hours that I was able to be able to breathe with you. But no, it's actually, I can do this indefinitely. I can do this indefinitely. And of course, it's going to matter, depend on the level of connection you two have as to how long you want to walk the journey with her. But that's uh, something that can be dealt with much further down the line. But this is, this is that, that's the process of helping an ice turtle shell who locks down and withdraws from wholesome masculine energy that will treat her right, that will respect her, that does want to do everything right, which is absolutely the absolute majority of all of the guys that follow my uh, content. You know, if, you, if you're here, it's because you do respect women. It's because you respect the dance between masculine and feminine energy and that uh, you want to have the best experiences possible and you want them to have the best experiences possible. So, so that journey, that journey, the part that we went on with here, some of you guys were just kind, kind of missing up in the chat, was that it's not so much about doing in that conversation, it's about being it's about installing the trust, underpinning the foundations of emotional sexual connection. So that's if you have a woman who's ice turtle shell nature. Now we're going to talk about lusting firebird because that's the second part of this. But let me address some of you guys in the chat. So we went on a run there. So I know some of you guys have dropped a whole bunch of stuff in the chat. We went on a run there. So we'll take a break and we'll get to the lusting firebird. What happens in the opposite? What if it's a woman who's not shutting down, but if it's a woman that's over accepting? who's actually giving you really worrying signs of, okay, she's, uh, yeah, what are the worrying signs? This is, this is interesting. But if you are enjoying this content, make sure you hit that thumbs up on the video down below. It's most appreciated. And uh, we'll get to open Q&A in good time. We'll get there. But uh, right now we're staying on this. So who do we have next up in this chart? Ben had come and saying, scratch that. She needs to let herself walk through what has happened. Good, good. And see the light. It was always there. It always will be. Very good, Ben. Ben says, I just need to be. 
not to push or pull the emotions battling within her, but allow them to take whatever course they choose. Not to waylay her nature, but to allow it to flow where it may. Very good, Ben. Very good. Terence Franklin then come in saying, this is gold, things, and then he came up with the answer, the things that are broken. Yeah, exactly. Never want to convey to a woman that, because uh, I know a lot of you wouldn't convey directly. No, no one in their right mind would directly say, I think you're broken. Oh, actually, there probably, are, probably is a misguided soul out there that would directly say to a woman, yeah, I think you're broken. You know, terrible. But most of you will just make a unseeming mistake of conveying to her, I need to fix you, which of course conveys that she's broken, which we want to avoid. Of course. And what would the opposite of that be? What would we do want? What do we want to do want? We want to show her that no, you can fly. That's what that's what our role is primarily as men dealing with women who are sexually abused is that you can fly. Is that we we will give you the time, we'll provide the trust, we'll provide the empathy, we'll provide the foundations because we know you can fly. How you get to flying, that's yours. That's your journey. We just provide that inspiration and that trust and that confidence that confidence that yes you can fly so the next person up in this chat was from xxxx saying teaching men how to prey on girls who've been preyed on even teaching guys to walk up to girls on the street is a method of violation you're all sick predators okay so xxxxx uh you clearly have not watched even a second of this social q a because you sound like a lunatic uh this entire podcast has been teaching men how to how to love women, right? how to be receiving forces, how to be empathetic and trusting, and to allow women to uh, repair themselves. So you're uh, you've just completely. It seems like you've just come in triggered off the bat, and that you've come in here uh, very aggressively minded. So the final comment was very unnecessary when you say that you're all sick predators. So I want to say this for all so that I want to show all of my followers that when we have someone who's very aggressive and very triggered coming in here, who clearly hasn't listened to any of the content at all, because if they had, they would realize that actually this is probably something that all men need to listen to because this has been nothing but wholesome and nothing but respectful of women. We need to still have compassion for this person because they're lost. And that as the Dalai Lama, no, as Lao Tzu once said, to those who are good to me, I am good. To those who are not good to me, I am also good. And thus, I'll get to become good. So I would never react uh, to someone who's dealing with their own pain here. This is someone who's dealing with their own pain and I feel for them. And I hope that I wish them the best in recovering from their own, whatever's led to them to this point of labeling a piece of content as educational and as uh, wholesome as this piece of content and to attack all of us, to attack everyone, saying you're all sick predators, despite not knowing anyone in here or clearly knowing me. So there's a lot of pain going on for that person. And what I would say is that they're a child like anyone else. They're, they're a child like all of us. And I would never withhold this person from the ability to repair themselves and to start to see with a more open, compassionate mind. So we show compassion to them. Uh, however, if as I always say, is that we always forgive, but we never forget. So I forgive you here for uh, your aggressive words and your aggressive action. However, if you continue, I will ban you from this chat 
because it's not acceptable uh, coming in with the words that you have said. So now that you know, giving you fair warning, uh, hopefully you can correct uh, your mentality in your mind. If not, then I'll ban you from the chat. So moving past that, let's move on to the, how to deal with the lusting firebird. Like I said, this is, uh, we went very deep on the ice turtle shell, but the, the lusting firebird, a woman who has an overacceptance mentality of sexual abuse, you've got to be even more careful with a woman like this because she's not going to tell you to stop. That's her nature. So you have to be even more aware of your own behavior to make sure you don't get lost in the woods, that you don't make mistakes with her that would continue the pattern. That, that, and that's why you've got to pace out a little quicker. You've got to, uh, I said before, sometimes the best thing to do is to leave altogether. Sometimes when you deal with a woman who has uh, sexual abuse, sometimes the best thing to do if she's so deep in it and has so much recovery to do on her own, sometimes it's best not to just to not entertain sexual intimacy at all, which is definitely something we're going to start to talk about now with Lusting Firebird. And also guys in the chat, don't, don't, um, now that you've heard me address this XX person, don't, don't be gun shy from speaking up in this chat. Now you understand where they're coming from mentally. That shouldn't curtail any of your engagement. Like all, I don't worry guys. I know all of you are, uh, sound minded. And, uh, if the fact that you're here is because you want to learn about how to better interact, uh, with women. So don't, don't allow a message like that to, uh, to, uh, have your take on water. Steady your ship. Yeah. So here we go. Um, Lusting Firebird. Let's go. <laughs> ben Highland comes and saying, yeah, mate, yep. That's right, Ben. That's right. So, Lusting Firebird, what to do in the event of a... <laughs> Skid coming in as well. Yeah, mate, yep. What to do in the event of a woman who is on the complete polar end when going, having gone through sexual abuse? She now enters an over-acceptance mentality in which that because of a few conditioned experiences, a few experiences that now condition her behavior, which is that now I come to know that men treating me poorly, this is what I'm, this is what I expect. This is, this is what I'm worth. This is how some women as a result of their sexual abuse interpret it. And it's extremely unhealthy, of course, as is the ice turtle shell. They're both just, they're both entirely unhealthy. However, it manifests very different in a lusting firebird. With a lusting firebird, they will form a deep super attachment, a supreme attachment to you. You know, what I said in the Girls of Daddy Issues explanation video, Girls of Daddy Issues explained, is that the lusting firebirds, they'll do anything to be around masculine energy because of the lack of their uh, or either abuse or lack of their father figure in their early formative years, they come to know that, okay, now I crave the masculine energy, I lust after it, and so that I'll put up with absolutely any form of treatment just so I can be around masculine energy. You definitely know, I so many comments on that video have been from lusting firebird women resounding that, oh, this is me. And uh, that's what's been so good about those videos, which got a lot of traction. But it manifests a little bit differently in sexual abuse examples. You got a sexual abuse example of a woman, not the daddy issue specifically, but now sexual abuse of a woman who falls on the other end and now goes into this over-acceptance in which that now deep, super deep attachment. What you'll find, the way to 
if we said before that with an ice turtle shell, how do we know that she's an ice turtle shell? Because she locks down. She locks down at the first sign of sexual intimacy. That's how we know. That's when we've got to address it and bring it to light. With a lusting firebird, you're not going to know until afterwards, which is why it's even more dangerous with a woman like this. Thank you very much, my friends, for diving into this episode of Social Q&A Live. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had a great time. And just before you run off, don't forget, that guided meditation, Eternal Energy, has now been released, now available at boldojo.com. Dive into who you are and evolve beyond. You can also pick up the ebook, book one-on-one Skype coaching, all at boldojo.com. Donate anything you wish through the PayPal links or the Boldojo podcast uh, donation link. All of that's tremendously appreciated. And I'd also love your feedback on this session. Whether you want to, actually, I'd most appreciate your feedback on the actual YouTube videos itself. If you go into YouTube, drop your comments there. That's probably the best way. It really just helps support the channel. And I always, uh, I actually source the next episodes of Social Q&A from the previous episodes of Q&A. I often just look at the comments and often find really good uh, ideas for topics there. So if you got a suggestion for a future Social Q&A that we can kick things off with, just head over to the YouTube channel at The Bowl and uh, drop it down there. Get engaged, subscribe to the channel, support what's going on here. And that would be uh, tremendously appreciated. With that being said, I wish you all the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy.